This is episode 24 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hey friends, welcome back. Today's episode covers two topics with the multi-talented mama, Sharon McKeeman. Our conversation starts off with a little heavier topic. It's her story walking through multiple pregnancy and infant losses. She is a well of wisdom on how to navigate such a difficult journey. We also talk about her new personal project, Quietly and Gently, which is an insightful and important conversation about how mamas can tap into their truest strength. Big and Little Coloring Devotional is a book that provides a creative outlet through coloring to diffuse stress while engaging intentionally with your children. Within just five minutes of use, you will discover why this is so much more than a coloring book. It incorporates physical, spiritual, and emotional refreshment for you and your child by providing authentic, faith-filled devotionals combined with therapeutic doodling. My favorite part? It was created by two mamas, Rachel Swanson and Jackie Coral who were overwhelmed by the demands of parenting and created this book to nurture their spirits and connect with their children. It released this week and you can order your own copy at bigandlittlecoloringdevotional.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you so much for being here, Sharon. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm so great too. Um, I wanted to have you on the show because we um, had featured a piece of yours on Kindred Mom earlier this year. And I've also been following a little bit of your writing on your blog. And you have shared pretty vulnerably about the many pregnancy losses that you have experienced. And knowing this is a tender topic that affects a lot of different women, um, but isn't always talked about openly, I wondered if you would be willing to to share an overview of your story with us? I would, yes. Um, it's. I began sharing um, after the first loss on my blog just because it was really the only way I knew how to process the grief. And mm-hmm. I. it was really difficult for me to talk to people in person, but I wanted them to know that, you know, I, I wanted to share with them. It just was hard for me to talk in person. And, and since then, I have, I have really found, you know, how important it is for us to share those stories. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm really thankful that women are starting to be able to open up more and and there's more of a conversation, um, about these losses than there has been in the past. But I, um, so I, I've been married for about 15 years, um, to wonderful man. And, uh, we had two kiddos very quickly. I was pregnant, um, you know, before our first wedding anniversary and, um, those first two pregnancies, um, went really smoothly and had, uh, natural births that were pretty quick and, I mean, they weren't comfortable, but right. they were <laughs> comparatively easy. And I was, I was kind of naive, um, you know, as, as far as what can happen. And, um, so when we got pregnant with our third son, things, the pregnancy went well, but we ended up losing him mm-hmm. during birth and, there was a, a period of time during the birth where I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Things didn't feel right. Um, and when his head came out, I could tell for sure that um, 
you know, the, the midwife was saying I needed to get him out. Um, and I could tell something was wrong when I delivered him. He wasn't moving. There was no cry. They rushed him from the room. And I just remember in those moments, uh, just silently telling God, I know you're still real. I know you're good. I don't know what's going to happen now, but I'm going to trust mm -hmm. you regardless. And that next 30 minutes while they worked on him was just a blur. The next few days really would be just a complete blur. But they brought him back to me and, and let me know that they'd done everything they could, but there wasn't anything that they could do. And just completely in shock, had had no idea that that could even really happen. Mm -hmm. And that that night I would be saying both hello and goodbye to my baby at the same time. I was just in addition to being absolutely heartbroken, I was kind of terrified. I just didn't know how God would get me through that right. time. And his spirit just completely surrounded both my husband and I. The grief was so intense. And at the same time, his comfort was just, just completely enveloped mm. us. But over the next few weeks and months, one of the big things that gave me strength was hearing from other women, um, you know, other older women that had been through pregnancy loss, other moms, you know, other women, my mm -hmm. same age that had had multiple miscarriages that hadn't, you know, shared up until, um, I went through this loss. And so, you know, through emails, Facebook messages coming up to me, you know, after church mm -hmm. services, just all these different ways, other women reached out and shared their stories. Um, and so I've really wanted to do the same and share with other women, so two months later, I got pregnant um, again and was absolutely terrified, um, but so thankful and hopeful, all of all of the motions all at the same For time. Sure. <laughs> um, and Joshua is the son that we lost um, at 40 weeks mm -hmm. on his due date. And before his first birthday, I um, was holding Jeremiah and he was safe and healthy and in my arms and that was just an incredible time of, of just redemption and, and joy that God gave us. Um, I felt like I became so much more mm -hmm. of a mother than I had even been before because I, I was able just to treasure mm -hmm. my children and my time with them at a whole nother level than I was before I felt more awake yeah. to mothering. And the next few years were just a wonderful time, just there was still grief to work through, but it was just a really beautiful time. Um, as, uh, Jeremiah was, you know, growing up and his two older brothers were just totally yeah. in love with him. And then we decided we'd like to have another baby mm -hmm. and got pregnant. Everything was going well. And at, uh, just a routine ultrasound at 16 weeks, I went in, I was actually at the ultrasound by myself. Um, my husband was at work and they were talking to me about, you know, picking out the hospital, you know, which there were two different options of which hospital, yeah. um, I would deliver at and just kind of talking through the routine things and then pulled up the ultrasound screen and realized that our baby's heart wasn't beating mm -hmm. anymore. And I remember just, I, I texted a friend and just asked her to pray. And, um, I, I remember just drive, I had to drive to a different doctor's office to get a more in-depth ultrasound. And my husband was going to meet me there and, just being completely in shock all over again. Yeah. Um, you know, those moments when you just, 
life's just going along normally and joyfully, and then everything changes. But again, God just carried us through that. I I had a little bit better idea of what the grief journey Mm -hmm. would be like. And so there were things that before I just was so scared about. And this time I knew he's going to get me through this. (laughs) He's going to get me through these emotions. And I was also able to, even in the middle of being completely heartbroken over losing our child, I was able to know that that would be a sweet time Mm -hmm. with God and to treasure those moments when I knew that Mm -hmm. he would hold me, you know, even more closely than I've had experienced, um, you know, just on the normal days when everything's going okay. I had to wait three days before I could have the surgery and I'd had an emergency C-section with, uh, Jeremiah. So I I had to have surgery with this miscarriage. Um, I had to wait three days and that was really hard, but again, it was also a really special time with God, um, just completely holding Mm me. So I was way too scared to get pregnant again. (laughs) And we've never had a surprise and we had a surprise. (laughs) Um, And pretty shortly after finding out, um, I was, again, kind of terrified, but really quickly got really excited um, to welcome this little surprise and just trying to be hopeful and um, positive. But almost as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, I found out that it just wasn't progressing. Um, and there were several weeks of just hoping and praying and, um, you know, just pleading with the Lord and also trying to go about life, you know, kind of as usual and take care of my other three kiddos. But I ended up losing that pregnancy at Mm -hmm. about 10 weeks. And at that point, the, the pregnancy we lost, the baby we lost at 16 weeks, we named Beacon. Um, after Beacon, I had just gone, okay, God, I can't, I can't do this again. This is too painful. Then we had the surprise, um, and the baby we lost at 10 weeks, Mm -hmm. we named blessing. Um, because I really just felt like even though we lost her so early, she was just a a complete blessing in our lives. And at that point, I, that surprise baby just reawakened everything to where I just longed for another child so much. And it was, we were able to find out, um, that it, it mm-hmm. was a girl and that was my only daughter mm-hmm. at that point. And I wanted, hoped so badly that I could have an, an, a daughter that I would actually right. hold. Um, and so I just remember just pleading with God, either take away this desire, <laughs> um, you know, for a baby or give me a healthy one, because I just, I don't know how to live with this longing mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And So we did end up trying again, even though I felt really anxious and unsure if we should. That pregnancy ended up being just the absolute most joyful Mm. time of my life. Um, I went in uh, to my Bible study um, the morning that I found out that I was pregnant and told all my, uh, there were quite a few um, older women in the Bible study, just absolute prayer warriors told them um, that I was Mm -hmm. pregnant and I wanted them to pray, you know, for all of these positive things to happen. I wanted them to pray against, you know, specific negative things that I, um, you know, that had happened in other pregnancies. And then I didn't have any hope that I would myself be calm or peaceful or joyful. You know, I just wanted the pregnancy to go. Okay. And all they prayed for was that I would have a peaceful, joyful Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And I just thought they were absolutely crazy. (laughs) Um, and then a few months later, um, while we were on summer break from the Bible study, I was writing a blog post and I was just writing about just 
how well the pregnancy was going and, and how joyful I felt and all the hope that God had just showered on me. And I remembered their prayers mm-hmm. for me and thought, oh my goodness, this, this is their prayer mm-hmm. at work. And this is, you know, the, the joy that I'm experiencing and the, the ability just to absolutely relish and cherish this time in this pregnancy, even though I don't yeah. know you know, if I'll hold this baby, I don't know what God's plans um, are for Mm -hmm. me and this baby. I realized, you know, this is just, this is completely his power at work to show me that no matter what the circumstances Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, when I can't see what the future holds, I can still be joyful. I can still be right in the middle, you know, of what he wants for me. So November 9th, um, I had a plan C-section and it just went absolutely smoothly. And, you know, within probably, you know, 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes of, of um, her arriving, I was nursing and holding her and just absolute mm-hmm. dream come true. Wow. So yeah, for all the mamas that have experienced loss, you, n- you never get over it. You'll never stop missing um, the babies that you will never hold or maybe only held for a short time. But God does, he does give treasures in that mm-hmm. journey through grief. And there were definitely times where I felt that I would, you know, I would never hold another baby. Um, I'd never get to experience that joy of watching them grow up mm-hmm. healthy and strong. Um, and for any mama that's in that right now, I just want them to know that, you know, there's always hope. <laughs> there's always hope. I, I have friends that, you know, have even ended up adopting and, um, you know, there's always hope. And I, I really believe that if, if a woman has a heart to care, um, you know, for little ones, and that's just mm-hmm. such a longing for her, I, I just truly believe that God will make a way for that, whether it's, you know, through a rainbow pregnancy or adoption, um, fostering, you know, there's just, just so many ways that, um, he brings us together with the ones we're supposed to mother. Mm, So that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious to know what are some of the ways that you felt most comforted and supported by friends and family around you through all of these really tough experiences? Well, the biggest one was prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really difficult to small talk after, um, the losses. And so I could always really tell, um, when someone was really praying, I might not even see them in person, but they might send an email or a Facebook message that just hit right at the heart of what I needed that day. You know, they might send a verse that just really addressed whatever question was in my heart or, you know, whatever pain I was feeling. You know, I remember seeing one friend and she actually came up to me recently. We hadn't seen each other in years. And she said, you know, I'm so sorry. I feel like I didn't, um, wasn't there for you. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, didn't come over enough. I, I just didn't know what to do. And I just like laughed at her because out of everyone, she was one of the friends that just really stood out as far as just really being able to comfort me because the times that I did see her, she came up to me and just without saying a word, mm-hmm. you know, just her hug and the, just the tears in her eyes and, and the few words that she did say to mm-hmm. me, um, I went home and I told my husband, I said, I know that friend was just, she has been praying for me. Right. You know, she has just been, her heart has been with me. She's been crying with me. She's been praying for me. Yeah. It was just so comforting to know that, um, because there, there just weren't things that I could I couldn't say all of the emotions that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and especially after the 40 week loss, I just emotionally and physically didn't have energy. Um, a lot of times to talk or just 
even to get out of the house for a while. Right. Um, and just to know that there were other women that just understood. And, and with the early loss, the same thing, just knowing that there's very few people even knew we were pregnant. Yeah. And so the few people that did know we were pregnant and did know that we went through the loss, you know, when they wanted to know the baby's name, that was huge for me. And, and that's something that I really encourage women, um, especially, you know, a lot of times in early loss, women won't feel, they just won't feel like comfortable sometimes or, or that they should take that step and name their baby. And even if, you know, even if they don't know if it's a boy or a girl, that was something to me that was very, very just affirming that this is my child and I will see this child again. And they are alive and well, and they're a real person um, that is with Jesus right now. Um, So naming to me was really important and it was really comforting and encouraging to me when other friends would, would ask the baby's name, would remember the baby's name. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one friend that every single year on Joshua's birthday, she sends a little card, you know, and just seeing his name written out and remembering that she Mm -hmm. knows that that's the day he came, um, you know, into this world and and straight into heaven. That's really special to me. Mm -hmm. And then one other thing that was really helpful was just having people just do things, Yeah, you know, just come and say, Hey, I'm taking the bigger kids and we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a friend that came over with cinnamon rolls and and grabbed the older boys and took them, you know, for a little play date. And there were multiple people that just dropped meals on the porch, Mm -hmm. you know, and texted, Hey, dinner's on the porch, you know, without even trying to set up a time or whatever. Uh, there were some people that left, uh, there was a basket left with a candle and a book and the book ended up being just really, really helpful to me, you know, yeah. in the first couple of days afterwards. And I don't, I honestly, even to this day, I'm not even sure who left that basket. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't about them even getting the affirmation for doing what they did. It was right. just about they knew what needed to be done and, and they did it. Mm-hmm. Because when someone's hurting, they don't always even know what you know, it's hard to even know what's happening, much less what you need. Right. And, you know, scheduling and, and talking and all of those can be very difficult. Um, so having someone just give and, and not, you know, even expect a conversation um, sometimes can be really helpful. Yeah. And it almost, I don't know, I, don't, I almost feel bad saying that, but it's, you know, that was my experience that that's what was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. There's so much wisdom in there. And I have to say, I really resonate with what you have said. I have not myself experienced pregnancy loss, but I have several friends who have, and they often tell me many of the things that you have said, um, as far as the supportive measures that friends and family Mm -hmm. can take when someone goes through something like this. So thank you for sharing that. I would love to switch gears just a little bit because you have uh, something else that you have been working on that I really want to fit in on this episode. And I'm interested to talk about it largely because I think it is a really important thing to talk about. It is something that I struggle with and nearly every awesome parent that I know also struggles with in some measure. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about the project that you recently started on your blog, as well as what inspired you to begin that. Well, um, (laughs) so this began in a similar way to, um, 
when I very first started my blog, it was just, I needed an outlet. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how else to process the grief. And so I began to Mm -hmm. blog about it. So yeah, so first of all, the project, um, I guess it's a project. It began just as a, this is what I have to Mm -hmm. do today. At 11.11 on September 14th, (laughs) this is what I have to do. Um, But I posted on my blog that for one year, I am not going to raise my voice. So I am not going to yell at my kids, at my husband, when I'm in my car and someone's being crazy in traffic, <laughs> you know, and no one else can hear but me. I'm, I'm not going to raise my voice um, and yell in, in frustration or anger. The one caveat was if, you know, one of my kids is about to step out into traffic um, or something right. like that, then yes, I can raise my voice in a way to um, yeah, keep them from harm <laughs> to make sure yeah. they're safe. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it's been a, a struggle for me my whole life. Um, I have of even as a young girl, you know, the verse about um, uh, us as women adorning ourselves with the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, that was a struggle Mm -hmm. for me because I didn't know if if we're gentle and quiet, can we also be strong? You know, if we're we're gentle and quiet, does that mean I'm going to be ignored, downtrodden, used, uh, misunderstood? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's something I've, I've struggled with for a long time. And when I had joy, I really wanted my, my, not, not just my speech to change in, in the moments when I feel frustrated and pushed mm-hmm. to my limit, but I wanted to understand what that verse meant. I wanted to understand what true strength was yeah. because I, I just spent a lot of time in prayer after having her feeling like, God, you're a God who doesn't, you don't force us. You're not, he comes with a gentle, you know, a gentle mm-hmm. whisper. <laughs> um, and he, he leads us to himself with love. I wanted to understand how to be strong like he's strong, right. how to be loving and gentle and quiet and strong at the same mm-hmm. time. There is no such thing as a private moment. That's not a real thing. Um, you know, we are completely laid bare mm-hmm. in front of an all-knowing, all-powerful God. And he sees everything that we do and say, mm-hmm. Not only does he see everything, but he's there to empower mm-hmm. us. Um, and, and everything that we do and say, it has an eternal significance, mm-hmm. you know, either for good or for bad. And I've got now a teenager mm-hmm. all the way down to a 10 month old. I don't know how to do this. Right. You know? <laughs> I don't know how to do this, but my 13 year old in a few years is going to be out in this crazy world yeah. on his own. And I want to have prepared mm-hmm. him and my 10 month old daughter. Somehow I want to be able to show her what it means to be a beautiful, gentle, strong woman mm-hmm. who understands the voice that God has given her and how to use it. So yeah, so I decided to post this blog post and tell everyone that I was doing yeah. this. And if I fail, then I'm going to um, start the year over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm kind of a competitive person. Yeah. So that works in my favor because I don't really want to take a decade to um, complete this one year project. Right. Like that just sounds embarrassing yeah. to me. <laughs> So I've already embarrassed myself by putting it out there. Um, 
And as soon as I put it out there, I wanted to take it back down. Yeah. But I actually got on there to like take down my Instagram posts that link to it and take down um, my Facebook posts that link to it and take down the blog posts because I was like, you know what? This is just embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I jump in for a yeah, sec? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, I, I know that I'm one of the very first people who commented on what you put on Facebook, at least. <laughs> so um, when you posted it and I went and I read it immediately and I just felt immediately convicted. And I do really try as much as I can to be gentle with my kids and to be really clued into them. But this summer has been a wild ride for us um, between a lot of kind of under the surface changes and transitions in our home. And I have been yelling more just partly I, f- I felt like it was out of necessity until I read your post. And then I'm like, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is another way. I immediately felt a sense of solidarity with what you were wanting to do. And I I sensed the vulnerability that it took to acknowledge <laughs> that publicly in a internet space. And I, I want to do the same, you know. Um, I think that it's really easy to get caught up in the stress of life and caught up in the fact that they know that we love them. So if we raise our voice to get them to do what we need them to do right now, then that's not a big deal, except it is a big deal. And I kind of went away from reading your your blog post just feeling like, you know, I do want to nurture the connection between us. And I can see how my older kids are just starting to be in a new zone of development where they're less connected to me. They're, they're just starting to grow into themselves as teenagers. And I want to be this sanctuary and a safe place for them where they know that I am on their team, that I am rooting for them. And that just doesn't convey, if you're yelling, that doesn't convey, I'm here for you. I'm safe. This is a sanctuary and you can come to me with anything. And so I guess I just wanted to applaud your effort, even though you're at the beginning of this commitment that you have made. Um, you know, I'll be cheering for you and I will be probably struggling through it with you <laughs> this next year. I think it's really courageous and vulnerable to admit this struggle. I think anger and and yelling or anything with a raised voice can sometimes just be, we think it's going to be an easy answer. Like my kid will obey me because I raised my voice and that's not necessarily the best answer because it's not, I don't know, it's not the long route to like actually lovingly shaping their heart or their understanding about what their choices might be best geared towards. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I wanted to say, I am um, just inviting that accountability has been, that's what has been the difference, you know, because mm-hmm. there's been other times where I've, I've wanted to and definitely God's been growing me throughout the years, but there's been other times where I, I wanted to make a certain change, but I want to see transformation. You know, I want to see transformation in my life and inviting that accountability of, mm-hmm. you know what, someone I don't even know could have read my blog post. And if I'm snap at my kids in Trader Joe's, they can come up and tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, Sharon, <laughs> um, your year starts over. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've just been blown away by, cause I, I, I mean, every mama I know struggles with, um, you know, the dinner hour, the bedtime hour, or the Mm -hmm. crazy things that pop up and, and how we respond to it. But having so many people say, yes, I'm, I'm with you, Sharon. And, and I, 
you know, this resonated with me. And, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, there's, I started a Facebook group within just a few hours, you know, I was planning to take the blog post down Mm -hmm. and then I end up starting a Facebook group because there's so many people saying, I want to do this too. I've read, you know, lots of things and I've, I've learned lots of, you know, parenting methods, but, um, instead of, you know, trying to learn how Mm -hmm. to change how I react, I wanted to just stop reacting in a way mm-hmm. that didn't make me feel good in my heart mm-hmm. and then see what I learned from that. And the things I've been learning have, I mean, just in a week and a half have been blowing my mind. One thing is, Hey, you burn more calories. <laughs> like yeah. I think I've lost a couple <laughs> pounds just walking around the house to find where my kids are to say something to them, you know, mm-hmm. instead of yelling across the house. Um, but there's been a lot more of just realizing, you know, what are the things in my life that really hurt me? Like, Hey, the mm-hmm. reason I yelled is because my kid did or said something that scared me or hurt me, or, or there's mm-hmm. another frustration in my life. You know, I mean, one thing I've gone running every other day this week, because if I don't go running, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> you know, I've needed an outlet. Yeah. You have um, to have somewhere else to yeah. put that, you know, if you have yeah. that anchor. Energy. We got to do something productive Just with it. Get that, get that, you know, that, um, that energy and that for me, running is a time to just really be with the Lord and hear him, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's been a time to just focus in, in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm moving, I'm able to just really be in prayer a lot more. If I like sit down, mm-hmm. then I'll either find something to clean or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go answer an email or something. But, um, But the other thing too, I wanted to just say real quick is even the not yelling from one room to the next, you know, it it may not be an angry yell, but just a, you know, a convenience. Hey, can you come over here? Cause I'm busy doing this and I need you Mm -hmm. just even not doing that has changed the atmosphere in the home Mm -hmm. where our home is just quieter. Mm -hmm. And so my kids for their behavior has been better Mm -hmm. and I've seen them really noticing when they're being loud, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, you know, or when they're speaking unkindly. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I'm pretty sure we'll have to have you on again to have an update in six months or something. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. And and if you want to, um, include the link to the Facebook group, it's a private Facebook group. And then every, I'm going to try to do every week at the start and then it might go to every month if I get that far (laughs) quickly. Um, but just sharing what I'm learning. Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah, I definitely want to share that with others. I'll get all the links and add them to the show notes for this episode. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Sharon talked about wanting to learn about what true strength looks like knowing that raising her voice did not really accomplish that in her quest to lead her children well. It is a profound thought that has stayed with me and challenges me to reevaluate things in my own home going forward. You can find links to Sharon's quietly and gently support and encouragement Facebook group and her original blog post on the subject in the show notes for this episode. I also wanted to mention the guide I created with my Kindred Mom Vision Team ladies, It includes 52 ideas to help moms manage the mayhem of motherhood. It's available for free on our website, and you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. Before I close, I want to acknowledge the women who are listening who have been affected by infant or pregnancy loss. I want to honor the lives of your babies and the ache that remains in their absence. I ask those of you who have not experienced this kind of loss, don't miss the opportunities you have to serve the sisters around you who need your support. 
I've gathered a few links together in the show notes of this episode that include some different writers and resources that may help those who are still grieving or those who are caring for friends in grief. I hope you'll check them out. The first is a brand new book by Sarah Philpot called Loved Baby, Helping You Grieve and Cherish Your Child After Pregnancy Loss. Another is the pregnancy resources and forthcoming book, Grace Like Scarlet by Adriel Booker. The links I'm including from her site are full of resources, as well as a collection of stories about miscarriage, stillbirth, and infertility from various people. There is also a link to a blog post called Sharing the Sacred Space of Infant Loss by Kristen Vanderlip, and another post by a guest I had on the podcast last week, Sarah Damasca, about blessings in the fog of grief. Of course, this week's guest, Sharon McKeeman, also has a number of resources available on her blog if you look around there. Mamas who have listened today and feel a pang in your hearts for the babies you miss, we are thinking of you.